I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hey, I'm Danita, and this is Gypsy Heart, The Other Side. And I am with my friend and colleague, Jen, Jennifer Dolinchuk. Hey, Jen. Danita, it's so nice to be chatting with you today. And we're going to sit here and we're going to chat about relationships, relationships and core wounds. And Jen is here with me to spitball ideas, have a conversation about it, really get down and dirty about relationships and our identities in relationships. And I appreciate this because I was telling you earlier that I had just gone to dinner with a group of women and 99% of our conversation was about relationships. So I thought, yes, this is a good topic to discuss. And when we go out for dinner with our friends or when we're out walking and talking with our friends, what do we usually talk about? Our partners and our kids. At 40 years old, that's what I'm usually talking about anyways. We thought today we'd just get into what are we really like in a relationship and what kind of identity do we have in a relationship? Now, it's interesting, Dinita, because as (laughs) I was laughing because I don't even know what that means. So I look forward to you telling me what exactly a relationship identity is. Okay, so basically it's like when you go into a relationship, what kind of identity do you have before you enter the relationship? Jen, what do you think? Last time you went into a relationship, what kind of identity did you have? Well, just off the top of my head, I feel like I went in guarded. I went in as misindependent, as a strong woman that can be solo. So I don't know how well that worked out. (laughs) There's four types of identities that you can kind of imagine yourself as when you enter the relationship. And the first one is an anchored identity. This is where you have an identity and you are able to maintain a a sense of your own individuality within the relationship. So you retain elements of yourself generally to improve the relationship. So you have the sense of performing to be recognized as a spouse or a partner, and you're able to actually fulfill the expectations of the relationship because you maintain your own identity. Yes, the relationship does not become your identity. What happens, this distinction improves the quality of the relationship. Now, there's another one. It's called the defined identity. And that is when you become totally immersed in the relationship and your identity comes second. The identity of the relationship is what comes first. And you lose yourself. Almost every relationship that I've been in, I went into it with the relationship being more important than my own identity where I would lose myself to the relationship and that I would stand strong in certain things and be anchored to who I wanted to be. If the relationship was in jeopardy, I would give into the relationship. 
I don't have an idea of the the percentage. They're all, you can go into different relationships with different identities. Okay. So you can change your relationship identity based on the relationship. Thank you. Yes. And then there's also the restricted identity. This is where when you enter the relationship or when you're in the relationship, you start to feel frustrated by the limitations that the relationship is placing on you. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, great. I have to be home for dinner with my partner. I don't, I just want to be out golfing. And you feel almost pressure and restricted by this relationship and by your partner and that you're not able to truly be who you are. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Jen, have you ever felt that as a restricted identity? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Often and many times. I don't know where that comes from, but absolutely. I've felt restricted and frustrated. But the strange thing is I'm the one that chose to be in the relationship. So it's odd I would feel so restricted. When you're in a relationship, you have, there's three people in it, right? There's you, your partner, and then the relationship. You like your partner. You think they're awesome, but you don't really like the relationship because it's restricting you from being who you are. So you like the partner. They're great. They're fun. They're hot. They're sexy. Sex is good. Everything's great. And then the relationship is dictating how you're living your life. I want to ask more about that, but let's let's go to the fourth one just so we can define them all. The fourth is the confused identity. And that's where you're entering the relationship or you're in the relationship and you lack the complete self-confidence or sense of competence to improve the relationship or to improve upon yourself. So you don't even know who you are when you enter the relationship. And you're just kind of hoping things get better and that the relationship will solve some things for you. When you have two people going into a relationship, is the best bet for a long-term successful relationship for them both to have the anchored identity going into it? Or can one have it and can the other not have it? I mean, the best bet is that you're both anchored because then both individually, you are quite connected to who you are as a person. And then you're able to better communicate what you want, your boundaries, what you need, all of that stuff. And you're not letting the other person, say, in the defined relationship, make the decisions for you or where the relationship comes first and you're coming second in the restricted, where you just feel, oh, this relationship's really holding me back from my goals or the confused one where you're just sitting there hoping that life gets better and that the relationship will make life better. So what would your thoughts or advice be for everyone that wants to go into a relationship as anchored as possible or as best that they can? Because they can't depend on the other person they have to look at themselves first. So how can we start the process of going in in the best way possible? Like going into the relationship, the best thing you can do is become anchored. And that is really just creating this awareness of who you are, what you need, even what your core wounds are, what your core beliefs are, any transgenerational trauma you've had, any goals that you have and that you want to accomplish. And then having that awareness and being able to talk about that with your partner and really truly saying what you want and what you need rather than just going in and hoping that these compromises that you're going to make is going to end up with a life that you want. Oh, that's, I mean, to me, that sounds so lovely in the sense that everyone should be looking at themselves and having this self-awareness. And when you say what you want and what you need, why is it so difficult for people 
when going into a new relationship or even people that are already in a relationship to express these needs to one another, obviously communication has something to do with it, but there's there's obviously a fear behind why people can't share this information with each other. Yeah. And if, if you really take a look at it, I would say the biggest things are fear of rejection. You want love and acceptance and approval overall. That's what our really, our goal is in life is to be love and accepted and to never really feel rejection. And if you say what you truly want with the fear of rejection behind that, you're more than likely going to be rejected because you know that that's not going to be accepted by your partner. If you haven't told them from the beginning what you want and what you need, and if you've misled them in any way, or if you didn't know, or if something changed over time and you feel like your relationship will fail by you telling the truth about how you feel, then you're just too scared to say it. But if you don't say it, couldn't it potentially fail anyway? Well, I mean, that's usually what happens. Or it becomes something where you feel it in your body, like you become anxious, uh, you feel discontent, you start feeling like depressed because you're just not saying what you want and what you feel. That's tough. That's rough. But it happens a lot. If you know or can identify about yourself, which relationship identity that you relate to the most. Let's say it is the restricted or confused defined. How best to set yourself up for success? Like what can someone do to look more at those things and improve them? Mm, Good question. So for the defined identity, it's learning where you are, what you want, what your goals are, and then how that can be accomplished within your relationship and with your partner so that you become your own anchored person rather than a defined person by the relationship. So you need to start working on your own awareness, your own acknowledgements, who you are as a person. What's your shadow like? What kind of what's going on in there? And what can you do to start becoming more of an anchored, more connected to your partner through conversation and communication and really just telling them what you want and what kind of boundaries you need in your life. And that the relationship, if it fails, to know that you are going to be okay. Ooh, that's a very good point. To know that you're going to be okay coming out the other side. Exactly. And that's it. The other side of the defined identity, once you start stepping up and saying, No, you know, this is what I want in life. This is who I am. This is all of me. Can you accept me and love me for me? There is the chance you will be rejected and that your partner is looking for the person that you were before. And then you think, but I was that person before, but it wasn't healthy. And that's not who you want to be in the future. You have to own the present and you have to just go for it because the fear of rejection, like you said, that's all that it is at the end of the day. Yeah. And then you just have to say, it is a big thing to do. You have to look at it and say, what's more valuable for you? What's worth it for you being defined by your relationship? Maybe it is. Maybe that's where you are in your life. Maybe that's really important for you at this moment. Maybe you're too scared to be anchored Maybe you have a young family and it's really important that you stay together as a family and you want to be defined by that relationship because it gives you a sense of security and safety for your family. It takes a lot to do this type of shift and change. And your partner has to be also aware of what you're doing and can support you through it because it is a big thing. And there's often times that when you start doing this type of work that your partner 
is looking at you as you change and going, this is amazing. Wow, you're really stepping into your own. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. And then there's the part that happens where they look at you and say, who are you? This is completely different from what I've known in the past. I'm not ready for this. It's difficult. But this is the thing. Relationships are difficult. I think no matter how you slice it, from what I'm gleaning from you is that the relationship identities are fluid and can change within a relationship as well as from relationship to relationship. So as long as we start to identify them and be self-aware, like you had said, and focus on your goals and your needs and what you want, I think that helps people at least look at their own current relationships or their future relationships with a little bit more optimism, perhaps. I'd hope so. I hope that's, I mean, that's kind of the point is that as you grow and move, your partner's able to grow and move with you and is able to support you in your shifts and changes because they themselves are also shifting and changing and you can do it together. The restricted identity is when (laughs) it's almost as if that's when the affairs start to happen. And that's when you start looking elsewhere because you just can't find what you're looking for in the relationship. Well, that's where I would love to jump in and say, as soon as you start to think to look elsewhere, you should let the other person go. And then you can go find what you're looking for elsewhere, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, I agree. But also to be fair, once you start looking elsewhere, I think that's the moment you start looking at yourself. That's nice. I like that, Danita. That's actually the moment that you look at yourself and you say, okay, what am I missing? What needs aren't being met? Right. Because you're not going to find them from someone else. You must look inside. You must look inside. So what needs aren't being met? What am I missing? Who am I? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to bring along with me on this journey? And how can I look at my partner and see them for everything that they have and value them? And then look at, okay, how do I bring myself to the point where I can honestly, truly say that, yes, my current partner is the partner that I want to move forward with, or no, my current partner is not the partner that I want to move forward with. Wow. That's it. That's it. Danita. And also, that's literally it. I really like these questions you left us with. And do you have a couple more thoughts? before we say goodbye. I did. I just have one more thought. And with that restricted identity, if you are thinking of looking elsewhere and you start, okay, I'm going to look at myself first. That's the time you also have the conversation with your partner and you say, hey, I'm having these thoughts. I'm thinking of looking elsewhere. I'm not content in the relationship. This is what's missing from it for me. And then that opens the bridge and the gap. And often we feel this guilt and shame like, oh, I couldn't possibly share this with my partner because I'm going to hurt their feelings. Well, what's worse? Having the conversation and telling them this is the thoughts that you're having before you act on the thoughts or acting on the thoughts and then and hiding it and pretending. The second one's worse. <laughs> Come on, people. But it's true. It, you would save yourself and your partner a lot of hurt if you go with number one. If you go with number one. And who knows? Maybe they'll be open to it. Exactly. Thank you, Danita. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. 
It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.